When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Hey everybody, this episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston and claim your $200 bonus. Look what we have here. We have making his return. I think it's maybe one year since he's, and he was also in a hotel room at that time in Europe, I think. But uh, Kevin Field, the resident BSJ draft guru, is here to, uh, we are on the eve of the NFL draft. Uh, This kind of snuck up on me, of course, some people who listen to my earlier podcasts and follow me on Twitter and at BSJ know that I had a little medical thing that went on this weekend and really uh, delayed me. But I'm I'm slowly catching back up, and Kevin's here to help fill in the gaps uh, as we talk about the important things with the Patriots in this draft. Not a bunch of stuff that you hear on Sports Talk Radio about, oh, Will Levis, they're going to trade Mac Jones, and they're going to get Will Levis at two, like – um, you know, let's be real here. And we will discuss that in a second. Um, but, uh, Kevin, welcome. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Uh, appreciate you. And, and let me just say, um, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people at BSJ who are like, Bedard, when are you going to write about the draft? When are you going to do this? Look, if I felt the need or that we were lacking something, I would do it more. I just think Kevin does a great job. And, you know, this is a, this is a hobby for him. It's a passionate hobby for him, but I think he's really freaking good. And it, a lot of what he writes, and I think you'll also hear in some of our comments on some of the prospects that we talk about, we see things the same way. And he sees things the way the Patriots see him. I think he's highly accurate. I think he was really good last year. And so, like, if I thought he was slacking or not doing a good job, I would step up a little bit more. But we're not redundant at BSJ, and I'm not. I don't like wasting my time watching a bunch of nothing draft prospects. So, Kevin is your guy, and so Kevin is here. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Thanks, bud. Thanks. To, thanks for having me back, Greg. It's uh, it's a pleasure to uh, to be back, and I'm glad that you're uh, feeling better. And I'm looking forward to diving in the conversation and the draft uh, that we've been building towards for some time. Yeah. So, just to give people like a, sort of like a quick overview. We're going to talk a little bit about the Levis stuff, um, sort of in the context of, uh, you know, where Kevin sees him in terms of the the quarterbacks and what might appeal to the Patriots. Um, you know, we will get into a lot of the 
uh, the need positions on offense. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the cornerbacks. I've I, just to let people know, I've watched at least some film of the top ta- tackle prospects, the top tight ends, the top wide receivers. I will get to some of the defense. I, I know a little bit about the cornerbacks. I've seen a little bit of them, the, at least the top guys. I certainly know who I prefer. Um, so we'll we'll get into that stuff, but we just want to sort of give you a uh, um, a quickie sort of helper before the draft gets going um, tonight on BSJ. I'll give you some thoughts, some expanded thoughts on the offensive people tomorrow during the day. I'll drop the defensive people, and then we'll be off and running um, with the draft. So, Kevin, let's start with <clears throat> just the Will Levis conversation okay of course the Patriots brought him in as a top 30 visit which doesn't mean anything it could mean something it could be nothing it could be a smoke screen it could be anything like you know those things happen there's not just because he visits the Patriots doesn't mean anything um just so people understand that um sure those spots are valuable but a lot of times the Patriot the a lot of times these visits are just to fill in gaps of information um as far as stuff that they need to know like you know, the internal makeup of the guy or injury or whatever. And a lot of times it's spent on underclassmen who seniors, they have a lot more information on. They can talk to at all-star games. They can't talk to the underclassmen, just combine and then lead up to the draft. So um, that in and of itself is not a big deal um, that he came in to, for a top 30 visit. I mean, they've spent time with Trevor Lawrence over the years. And of course, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, like the, this is not unusual, but Kevin, I guess sort of tell us like where you slot Levis in terms of these quarterbacks in this draft, and are there things there that you think would appeal to the Patriots? Sure. So, so he's definitely in the top four. I think that um, no question about that. Um, there's every single one of these guys has potholes. Uh, all of them have significant things going in their favor. I, I, I think the, arguably all top, uh, the first five guys from a quarterback perspective, which would be Young, Stroud, uh, Levis, Richardson, and then even Hooker, are better than what was in the first round last year, which was Kenny Pickett. So from a, from a quarterback perspective, it's it's a good class at the top. But it's it's a class that's like challenging to pick on because they could all be busts or they could all have challenges, I think, transferring to, to the league. And so uh, really tricky as far as if you're uh, if you're betting your stake on one of these quarterbacks. The notes I have on Will Levis, there are some things to like, for sure. He's got a huge arm. He did a great job on the S2, which is essentially the revised version of the uh, Wonderlick, uh, which is more commonly known. But a lot of the, the scouting community has adapted to it. Um, so really smart guy, uh, cognitively uh, processes things fast, has all the tools you're going to look for in a quarterback, right? He's got size, mm-hmm. arm strength to make every throw. He's got the legs to extend plays. He's a big, tough kid. Um, and so he's he's absolutely going to be a, a first-round first, first draft pick. He also came from a pro-style offense, actually played for uh, last year for Liam Cohen, who was uh, formerly a UMass uh, quarterback. And, and since this is Boston Sports Journal, it's probably worth calling out. Uh, Will was born in Newton. And as a mm-hmm. hockey originally grew up in North Attleboro before he played his uh, high school football in Connecticut and then went to Penn State. Um, well spoken about within the program. Um, 
he did face a lot of pressure this year and their, their team wasn't as good up front. And so his pressure numbers were like exceedingly high. He played injured. Um, and, and so there's some things that, uh, while he didn't look as good this year, there's some reasons why he didn't look as good. If, if, if that's what you're going on, you want to bank it and you want to explain why, uh, he didn't have as good of a year. There's reasons to feel that way, right? On, on the other side of the coin, he's going to be 24. So that, that same knock that you get on Hendon Hooker is going to be 25. Yep. Will Levis is going to be 24 next year. He doesn't always light it up. He's had his share of inconsistencies, ball placement. Well, he's got a great arm. He doesn't always dial back that with touch. Um, and, and, and the thing that I am probably most concerned about with Will is like the negative place, right? Lots of picks, lots of sacks. And those are two things that the Patriots no knows, right? Is protect mm -hmm. the football, live to the next down. It's not the worst thing if you have to punt the ball, right? And, and, and so he's got a little bit of that, um, trusting the arm, willing to force it in there. Um, and so, you know, he's a good, good prospect. I, I don't believe these rumors. Uh, I'd be shocked. Maybe is is probably the better way to put it. Um, you know, Patriots have traditionally gone for rhythm quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks that um, are going to need good play calling, but can deliver the, deliver the ball. Will Levis is a little bit more in that uh, somewhere between at the upside. If you want to pick him high, it's because maybe he could be Josh Allen, but he could easily be Carson Wentz. Right. And those yep. are guys that, you know, rely on raw ability uh, have great arms, but have challenges at moments too, because uh, it's not just about uh, the uh, raw ability. I mean, there is also, you know, in my opinion, with quarterbacks, and this is why I don't watch too much film on them, you know, it's really about what you don't see with quarterbacks. The work ethic, the leadership, the, you know, how do they command a huddle? Um, you know, are they grinding the film? Like, it's all that stuff that, that, you know, Tom Brady was not a great – we all know. He didn't have the greatest physical skills in the world. What made him great was just his competitiveness and, you know, off the charts and tangibles. And so, you know, I think that's – I don't – you know, a guy could look like, um, you know, I don't even know. I mean, they could look like the greatest prospect in the world on film and just do these things that bend your mind as far as how they throw a football or how they run. But I mean, well, look at Jeff George. I mean, Jeff George could throw, throw a ball through a brick wall, but he was an awful leader and an awful person. And he was never a good quarterback, even though he had the talent. And so, you know, when I look at Levis and I don't know him, I haven't looked into him very much, but I just, you know, I, I see the social media stuff. I see him standing in front of a mirror. Um, there's a lot of talk about him being too rocked up, too bulked up for the combine. How many quarterbacks look like that? Not many. How many Patriots quarterbacks look like that? Like zero. I mean, you know, look at Tom Brady, look at Mac Jones, and then look at Will Levis, like the selfie king. Like, no, like he doesn't fit. So unless, you know, Bill Belichick's gotten a lobotomy or something like that, or somebody else is definitely taking the picks, I have a hard time seeing it. If I'm the Patriots, I would much rather try it with Anthony Richardson than Will Levis. I would rather sit him for the next two years, give him to Billy O'Brien, say you train him, build, break him down, build him back up, because, you know, we've seen – that limited passers, whether it's, you know, Jalen Mills or uh, not Jalen Mills, um, Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen 
or, you know, whoever, these guys who you look at their stats or they're throwing, and you're like, oh, man, they're really inconsistent. But you can scheme around that and make them, but they're just good ball players and just, you know, freaks of nature athletically. And I think that I would much rather, with Mac Jones, with two years left on his rookie deal, I would much rather invest in Anthony Richardson, perhaps a little bit lower without having to trade up, and developing him and possibly paying off big, big time, bigger than Will Levis, uh, than going with Will Levis. But, you know, uh, we'll see. Uh, So I I agree with Kevin. I think we're on the same page. This would shock me. This smells like a smokescreen to me. This smells like Bill Belichick was looking at it and being like, uh, we got three more top 30 visits left. Like, let's, let's bring Levis in. You know, just to throw everybody for a loop and, 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 you know, keep the spurs on Mac Jones so that he knows, like, you know, he's got to keep going and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't think it's real, but who knows? We've been surprised by fo- before. Um, let's get into some of the prospects real quick. Um, you know, let's start with uh, – we'll go with sort of an o- order of need in, in our opinions. So I think both of us – Looking at the long-term prospects of this team, or even the short-term, you know, offensive tackle to me is an enormous need. I think Kevin and I sort of see that the right way, and so you know, I took a spin. I took a spin through the top offensive pra- tackle prospects, and you know, um, you know, here are sort of my ratings right now um, in terms of what I saw. First of all, I will say. Guys like Jalen Duncan and Blake Freeland, who I've heard some talk about. And while there's certain upside there, those guys are major projects to me. And I'm not interested in them. I'm not interested in another Yadni Kajust or anything like that. So they're way down the list. But to me, in my mind, Paris Johnson is clearly the best tackle prospect in this draft. Um, I think that he, while he, he's got a ways to go in terms of strength and some technique stuff, like it's it's all there. The feet are all there. The length is all there. The the you know the the outline of a franchise, even left tackle. I mean, right tackle's fine. Could be a franchise left tackle if he just gets in and gets a little bit stronger. Um, to me, he's clearly the guy with the most upside, and I also think he has low bust potential. He'd at least be a good, solid right tackle in this league. And so, Kevin, what do you what do you think about Paris Johnson being number one on my list? Yeah, I think I think for me, it's uh, if we're talking two track uh, two tackles, true tackles. Uh, I would say it's I have Broderick Jones, but yeah. I will say that 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 uh, Paris Johnson uh, isn't going to bust right, and and he's probably the safest true tackle. And you, you referenced Duncan and you re- referenced uh, Freeland. Like those are guys that are second, third, third round, maybe even fourth round guys that are yep. project, right? And 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 that's why you hired Adrian Clem, right? Is if you're going to think about those guys. But if you're looking for an immediate contributor next year, which this team does need, they need a plan. You want to protect your quarterback, ideally on the blind side. Give, you know, we can talk about weapons, but you need to keep them upright and make sure that he's, he's back there in the pocket and he's going to trust uh, that he's not going to get hit all the time. I think a left tackle is incredibly important. And Paris Johnson, not only does he look like he's built in the lab, he's the cleanest off the field as well. 
And that's yeah. some of the challenge with some of these uh, these these other tackle prospects is they're just kind of a mix of either projection. Uh, why haven't they been as good in the past play experience? Um, and so Paris is needs that strength, but, but he's a pretty safe pick. Uh, so you got to feel good about that. Um, yeah. Physical statute. So, so Broderick Jones, he came in number three, number three on my list. Um, I definitely see why you might've had him number one. I will say, you know, just to get to these guys real quick. So I had Darnell Wright number two. Now, you know, I know there's there's a lot of talk about how inconsistent he is, you know, about how great his film was against Will Anderson from Alabama. Um, you know, I, I was just – and, of course, I didn't watch his whole season and I don't get into all that stuff, but just in terms of, you know, ceiling and what he can be, especially if you can motivate him, I just think Darnell Wright is is a he's a really good prospect. He's just not as safe as Paris Johnson. I don't think he's ever going to be a left tackle. He could get away there. I think he's more of just a very high ceiling at right tackle. I the the phrase that came to mind watching him is he's a sticky blocker. Like you know he gets on you and you know you're done. Of course, there are a lot of motor concerns about why he's not great all the time. And Broderick Jones. Uh, I also have a first-round grade on him. Great athlete, looks the part, just needs a lot of I, – I, he needs a lot of work as far as technique. Uh, for me, he would be a right tackle for at least a year or two before you might consider left tackle, or he could also be a guard. But certainly the the athletic profile is is all there. Um, you know, what do you think of those two guys? Yeah, I think I think, you know, Wright's got a ton of experience – which is was great, but on both the left and the right, he's 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 much better on the right side. He was dramatically yeah. better this year, uh, and he deserves a ton of credit for that. Doesn't have the clean best body, but you know, good enough for the for the for the right side. Good enough feet. Was effective at the Senior Bowl, probably the best tackle. But I wouldn't say he lit it up or was completely dominating. But but he's a guy that's a first rounder. You can feel good about him playing next year, um, at uh, at the right tackle spot. Um, Roderick Jones, I think he's got the highest upside of the three, but he's got some bust yep. potential too. And that's, I think, mm -hmm. one of the things to, to call out. He's got really long arms. He's a really effective in the run game, accurate when he's when he's blocking on the move. Um, physical, can fill out his frame. He needs technique work, right? And this is I come back to Adrian Clem coming in, getting paid a lot of money. You know, this is where he would certainly earn his his paycheck. I do think the analysis that you said of the starting at the right, moving to left is probably accurate as well. But he did play, you know, this is his first full season starting in the, the SEC. Um, and what I would say is he didn't give up a sack. I think he had six pressures playing against some of the best pass rushes in the country and stuff like that. So I, I do think he's a good he's a good player uh, that you could feel confident in. But the if you summarize it, I'd say the highest ceiling for me is Broderick Jones. The, the uh, highest floor is Paris Johnson. Okay. So there's one other guy that I had that I would be okay with in the first round. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dewan Jones. I'm just, no, I, like I'm not doing Trent Brown in the first round. Matt Bergeron. I was not impressed with. I think he's more of a, he looks like more of a guard. I know he's, you know, nasty and he could be a really good guard, you know, could probably play right tackle. You know, he's fine. Carter Warren from Pittsburgh, um, nothing flashy about him. Um, good, solid player. Um, you know, I, I think a low bust potential on him. The guy that, the guy out of this group 
outside of Paris Johnson, when I watched his film and I was like, holy crap, it was Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. I mean, he's just, he's 21, but he does not play like that young of a kid at all. If I had to guess just from his film, like I would have been like, this kid's 24, 25. Like I, I, I was just very, you know, he's not elite in any way, but I was just really impressed with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good player. He put in, in, and he might go in the first round. I, I didn't have him up at that, that top tier um, uh, just because he's not as physical in the run game, you know, you, mm. which is, Hey, if you're going to take a left tackle, you might be okay with that. Right. If they're going to, they got great feet, they can mirror, they can protect the blind side, uh, et cetera. So um, good, good prospect He's actually played at 11,000 snaps. He just, the big 12 doesn't have the the pass rushers yep. the conferences have. And so, you know, one of the things we always talk about Greg is good on good. Right. Um, yep. and so, you know, I would, I would say like the best pass rusher in the big 12, um, they just don't have the depth that the other conferences have. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point. And by the way, the Bruins are back on and they're still um, trailing, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I agree. And anytime I see Oklahoma, I'm just like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's not like he's ever going to get in a three point stance or anything. And like, you know, it's just it's such a dichotomy between what the Patriots do and what, uh, the college people do. Uh, let's move over to the tight ends. And let me just say this in general about the tight ends and the wide receivers. Like, well, I love the tight ends. And like, I probably, I think I listed three, six, eight guys like through the like second or third round. And then I just got tired. Like I probably could have kept going, you know, from the talk about this class, but I, I completely agree that, and you compare that to the wide receiver class, you know, Kevin, you know, <laughs> between you and I and our podcast listeners, I hated the wide receiver class. I really did. Like, I don't want to, if I'm the Patriots, like unless JSN or Zay Flowers like falls to me at some point and I trade down, like I'm not doing, and maybe that's why they signed Juju and why they signed Gesicki and they have other guys on the roster. Like, I, I would be fine if they just sat out the wide receivers in this draft. Now, I would have drafted one last year like the idiots didn't. But this year, like these guys, they're all – they all stink. They all, they're all limited in some way other than the top two guys for me who are JSN and Zay Flowers. I mean, Jordan Addison's fine. Quentin Johnson's fine. Jalen Hyatt is a speed guy. Love Mingo. I love Mingo from Mississippi. He would be a guy that I would like to see. Um, your guy, Jaden Reed, I watched him. Really like him as well. That's the second, third round. Um, you know, a guy who popped at wide receiver for me, and I made this uh, similar – this is the similar feeling that I had last year when I watched Tariq Woolen at cornerback. And it, and what I say, holy crap, I don't know who that guy is, but I don't care where I draft him, but I, if I get a chance, I'm taking him. Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. I really liked his film, but you know, what do you think about the overview of the wide receivers and the tight ends and, and some of my thoughts on the receivers. That tight end class is awesome. It's yeah. Awesome class. They could come out with two tight ends. Whole NFL is looking for tight ends. The whole NFL is thinking the same thing. It's just a question of like where they're going to, where they're going to pick a tight end. I think there's no question they will take uh, a tight end and you could certainly get uh, a number of good ones up at the top half of the draft um as in the first three rounds and then there's a lot of depth to the position 
wide receiver, you you know, it's the, the college games evolved so much that, you know, how these guys transitions, it's starting to get easier, I think, to project them and how they transfer and become immediately impactful. Um, it's been difficult for the Patriots, but I think across the NFL, you know, he's starting to see that happen more and more. It's just not a great, well-rounded class by any measure. I've been on this from the beginning, Greg. You know, last year I was talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba. I said in a column, you know, if he was healthy, he could have been a top five pick. Um, he is uh, it just, I think, a perfect scheme fit for the Patriots. I don't care about him running a four or five. That's plenty fast enough as far as I'm concerned. It's it's, it's about the pacing, uh, how quick you are. Yeah, and, and I think he checks enough boxes for the Patriots that – that's something I would be comfortable with them doing in, in, in round one, because it would make them considerably better next year. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, now you're getting into guys um, that, that you question if they're going to make the team better next year. And so, yep. you know, if you're going to go high, you, you got to get a player that's going to impact, impact the team next year. And so I think that that should be the calculus uh, when we're, when we're evaluating wide receivers, some of the guys you, you mentioned there, uh, are are our guys I agree with. There's a couple other ones, um, but that that are interesting. But nothing that uh, if you're looking for a guy that's going to impact the offense next year, I, I do think it's Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then maybe Zay Flowers. But I think that there's a cap on him um, uh, to a certain degree, and there'll be a limit on some of the things that he can do. Oh yeah, Ad, I, you know a lot of people have talked about Addison, but I, I watch Addison. And I'm like, well, they already have Tyquan Thornton. They're like the same guy, and the Patriots aren't guys that they're not. Normally, they get different types of guys, you know, so that you know their matchups. I just, I just didn't see anything there. You know, the tight ends. Um, you know, my rankings and quick thoughts on them, and and then you can sort of give me, you know, what you think. But my number one tight end in this class, and a lot of it depends on his medical, um, you know, Dalton Kincaid from Utah to me is, you know, he's, he's not quite as big as you would like, but man, the guy gets, gets off the ball. He gets down the field. He's, you know, he's a willing blocker. Like he, he just does everything well, maybe not the blocking. I haven't watched a ton of reps at that, but uh, really like Luke Musgrave from uh, Oregon state um, coming off a season ending knee injury. Um, durability is going to be a concern, but his film is awesome. Sam Laporta from Iowa is if the Patriots wanted to go back to their, you know, why and move tight end type of thing, I could see the next two guys, Laporta and Dar uh, Darnell Washington from Georgia. Those would be sort of, you know, your type of guys. I'm not a big Michael Mayer guy. I'm just not. I, I just, he screams ordinary to me and I'd rather go with, you know, some more traits from some other people. Maybe he's the best solid all-around guy, but I don't know. I wasn't a big fan. Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State um, reminded me of a lot of Gronk on film, um, a lot of different ways. Schoon, Schoonmaker from Michigan reminded me of Meyer a lot in that, you know, it, he would be more of a Kyle Shanahan system type of guy. And then um, – I didn't even mean to include him, but Josh Wiley from Cincinnati, um, straight line guy, good after the catch. He's another move tight end, even at six, six and a half. Uh, I wasn't overly uh, uh, impressed with him, but I think right about, you know, certainly Kincaid, Musgrave, Laporta, and then uh, and then Washington for his physical profile and Kraft for upside. Uh, yeah, I love the tight end class. I would much rather take two tight ends than one wide receiver in this class. 
Great news. Bruins just scored. Um, the, the, oh, there we go. Up the game. So, um, Greg and I are watching along as we are we're, we're doing the, the this podcast here. I, I do like Mayer. Uh, I, I think he's got uh, he's great at the contested catches. Has been an impactful player. Um, you know, he doesn't. He, 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 the way he runs, you know, it doesn't come across like he's that fast. It kind of comes across like lumbering. You know, he had a little bit of that was a little bit of Gronk. You know, and and I don't want to compare anyone to Gronk. I don't think that's fair. But um, you know, there was when I would watch him, that's kind of what I would, what I would come back to or see. I think he can just be a, um, a really solid possession wide receiver that can make those, what they refer to as the combat catches. Um, but the class is just outstanding. Uh, Kincaid's more of a move tight end, big wide receiver. Uh, I think he's a, you know, there's a lot of people that are, that are fans of him. He's got that shoulder injuries coming off of, he's 24, um, so I, I had mayor higher than, than him. Darnell Washington. I think he can play in the league a long time. I think he can end up being a long pro just like Mercedes Lewis was, uh, who was drafted years and years ago out of UCLA as a first rounder and was just consistently good. Uh, he was underutilized at, uh, at Georgia, but he's, he needs some work, right? He's, he's a little power up and go. He's not, he's not the, uh, the quickness that you're going to get out of some of these other guys, but then Laporta has been a fan favorite. I've been a, huge fan of Laporta. If Laporta had better quarterbacking at the uh, University of Iowa, he would be ranked higher. So Laporta is mm-hmm. underrated. I don't think he'll be underrated by scouts, but I think he's underrated uh, nationally. And, and then you get into some of the tradey guys. Musgrave's incredibly trade. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. He, he, he looks the part of an NFL tight end. He moves faster than most tight ends. They all have a lot of traits. They're all good players um there's reasons to like like all of them my top three uh if you're thinking first round would be mayor second round i i would say you know darnell washington third round i would say laporta uh but there's there's a number of players that would fit right in and be good players that's why i think that they come away with at least one tight end in this draft yeah uh, no question i would be happy about that and um there's a lot of good ones and i didn't even really get to the secondary guys and i'm sure there are guys down there um, let's move over to the defense um, really quick. Oh, Panthers just scored. Um, you know, let's talk about cornerbacks, which, you know, we think um, even though they don't have a glaring need on their depth chart right now, I mean, with Jonathan, with the Jones boys, Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, um, Jalen Mills is still around, um, which means, of course, Belichick's not going to take a cornerback in this draft, which is just going to infuriate me because I want him to take one last year. But anyways, I think you and I see things similar. Um, I love Devin Weatherspoon is my number one cornerback in this draft. I know he's 5'11". He's not the biggest guy. And Christian Gonzalez looks more the part, and he's bigger, and he makes things look easy. And maybe I haven't watched enough film on him, but, you know, I'm sorry. I want I want a cornerback who, you know, just gets after it and is physical and – you know, doesn't back down and has some swag. And I see that with Witherspoon. I don't see it as much with Gonzalez. Gonzalez is, I don't know, maybe it's the Oregon thing. Maybe it's the Pac-12 thing. But, you know, I always think that those guys are more finesse and they have a chance to bust more in the pros. Um, You know, you have Porter next. I would go Deontay Banks and DJ Turner next. Porter Physical profile and all that, I'm just worried that he's too slow at the end of the day. Uh, certainly the length helps. If you play zone, I think, you know, like Seattle, if you're playing like a cover three, I think he's more appealing to you. But, you know, um, certainly 
a good player. And the other thing on Gonzalez, which is the same thing as Porter, is not a lot of production as far as interceptions and things like that. And to me, that's that's always a worry. Um, do you sort of you sort of see it the same way? Witherspoon one, Gonzalez two. Yeah, I do. And and um, you know, I, it's looking like Witherspoon won't be there for them, which is unfortunate. He's been a guy I've been on for some time. He just you know he he just plays the game the right way, or at least how I see the game the right way. Um, and and so I'm not terribly worried about that 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 size. Uh, I think he can match up in any scheme. Gonzalez is a little bit more of an athlete at this point, which, you know, with the modern game that might work for, uh, yeah. for, for teams. And so, um, you know, I think that as they project them, I generally actually have trust and I know that they haven't totally hit on cornerbacks, but I think it's hard to project cornerbacks in, in, in the, uh, given the way that the college defenses play uh, and then the scheme changes up at the NFL. I think it, I think it's hard to do. So I, I generally trust them on, on cornerbacks. The second round is really deep. The first and second round is really deep at cornerback. And if you're going to go mm-hmm. get a cornerback, the, the rounds to get them are are really, I think, in the, the first two rounds. Uh, another guy I would call out would be uh, Camp Smith from South yep. Carolina, as well as uh, Brent's the kid from uh, Kansas State who we previewed last year. He's got a lot of length, tested, tested extremely well at the combine, a lot of play experience. Uh, and, and the kid um, down in uh, also in South Carolina that was really great at the Senior Bowl, Darius Rush, is another kid that will probably end up landing in the second round. I think DJ Turner is a guy to watch. You know, Macro talked about uh, the speed, adding speed, right? The fastest kid in the mm-hmm. combo right there. So uh, another kid to, to watch. As you start to get to the third round and even maybe the fourth round, I think you should start to watch if the Patriots potentially pick a cornerback and look at moving him to safety. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's players like Riley Moss, um, Corey Trice Jr., um, Tyreek Stevenson from Miami. Uh, I love Riley Moss. He he's, he's he would fit right in with what they're trying to do. Um, you maybe you want to try him at corner first and then transition him. But uh, I think he's an outstanding athlete that he doesn't get credit for, um, and has a lot of experience. He was Big Ten uh, Defensive Back of the Year last year, uh, two time first time, two time. Uh, first team all Big Ten. Guy to watch on day three is uh, Daryl Luther from uh, South Alabama. I think he also fits the profile of the players that they're looking for for going to target a day three guy. Uh, let's wrap up here with a you know few thoughts about selected guys at like linebacker and also the edge. Um, of course, this is my running dream that Belichick will actually you know draft like you know a linebacker with athletic upside. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping, and and actually, I I placed a bet at FanDuel um, a while ago that the first position taken by the Patriots in a trade down um, that I was projecting would be a linebacker, and the guy I have in mind is Jack Campbell from Iowa, six five two forty nine, um, tested off the charts. Um, I don't know if he plays that well, but just his whole makeup. I mean. You know, Kevin, don't you think that this guy's like out of central casting for if Belichick's just like, all right, maybe he's not 260 pounds, you know, but man, it, it just seems like this would be the type of guy who could evolve this defense to the next level. Yeah, he 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 tested a lot better than I think teams expected he'd test because that was going to be the knock on him that he wasn't athletic enough. And then boom, he tests incredibly well. And this is a kid that won the Butkus last year. Defensive player of the year, Iowa, incredibly productive. 
but that length, I mean, you can move them on the outside on certain downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could uh, certainly put them on 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 tight ends and in, in in the red zone, and he wouldn't be outmatched. I mean, he's uh, I think a versatile player is going to fit right in as far as their program wise. Iowa speaks very 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 highly of him uh, up there. I know from an athletic perspective. One guy you keep hearing in the the, the mocks is uh, Nolan Smith, potentially top 10 uh, player, uh, which is an edge player out of Georgia. I do not see him as an edge player. You know, I just yeah. don't think he's had the production. He's 6'2", you know, under 240, good against the run, but 6'2", 240 in the NFL game on the edge. That's a different beast. I do potentially, if they, you know, they went early first round or even later first round and wanted to go with a real athlete. He is, if you move him off the ball, I think there's a lot of things he could do. Give give Gerard Mayo time with him. That would be a really interesting potential move for them uh, if they went with like the best athlete. Uh, I think he makes it, you know, he ran a 4-3-9, I think, at the 40. I mean, that's adding speed to your middle of your defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just give, just give Mayo somebody. I mean, he's been here for how long? And yet, you know, Jawan Bentley's fine, but then it's like, you know, Jelani Tavai and a bunch of old guys. Can you give Gerard Mayo like some young stud that he can just teach all his tricks to and be the, you know, and we figure they're going to transition to Mayo at some point in time. Just give him a guy, the pet project. Like this is your guy to be the quarterback of the defense. You know, once you take over that type of thing Uh, on the edge, I don't like any of the first round guys for the Patriots. Maybe you have some other thoughts. I, I did not love Lucas Van Ness's uh, film that I saw against some of the tackles. Even though he's not bad, he's fine, and he's more of a Dietrich Wise type, anyways, than just the dedicated edge. But you know, Keon White seems to be um, you know an interesting name as far as you know in the second round type. I mean, his physical profile is off the charts. Yeah, and he plays really hard. Um, yeah. You know, but he he still needs some work. This isn't the bet. You know, Edge is is deep. Depends what you're looking for. You're you looking for a three four D end uh, that that can p- play three downs for you. Or you're looking for an outside linebacker. Um, and so I do think that they need Edge is a sneaky need for them, given where the age of their outside linebackers. Uh, Judon's I think going to be 31. Uche's coming up on a. a you know, contract year, Deatrick Weiss is getting older. So I do think that edge is a, is a sneaky need for them. As far as true fits, it, it, it starts to get a little bit harder. I think the, the guy that I, I, I think I mocked for them in our write-ups was Miles Murphy from Clemson. I think he's a solid, really plays the run well. I don't know if he's going to be a 10 sack a year guy, Greg, but I think he can play in the league for 10 years. Right. And, and that's right around the range of you're looking for a, for a guy that, why he's a first rounder in my mind is because he's going to play next year, contribute next year and be a long-term starter. So I, I liked, I like Murphy. I think his measurables uh, probably match up closer with like a Tra- Trayvon Walker who went number one last year. Um, and so this is a guy that's probably uh, getting overlooked a little bit Two people like Lucas Van Ness, but you know um, it's, it's not a totally clean match of what they're looking for. There are some guys that I think could be outside linebackers, uh, that you could add depth pieces, you know, replace them and let them match up against the Ronnie Perkins, Anthony Jennings, see who makes the roster next year, uh, or if they could be eventual replacements. I think you can find those guys throughout the day two, day three. And as you so thought, the, we uh, we just scored. Yeah, Taylor Hall just scored to make it 3-3. So, you know, we will jump off and watch the finish of this game here. But uh, just real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts. If the Patriots stay at 14, 
if they can't get out. Uh, sort of like my pecking order on what I would be happy with. Um, uh, I get, well, I guess I should move up Christian Gonzalez, but I really don't want him. I don't know. I'm not a big fan. Uh, but my pecking order would be uh, as far as guys that I think that have a chance to be on the board. I'm not saying they will be, but uh, my draft chart would be Skaronsky, uh Robinson, the running back out of Texas, who could ultimately be the pick. I could see the Patriots just being like, well, he's the last guy we have rated there, and we're just going to take him, and then we'll see what happens with Ramondre. Um, could keep both of them, could trade Ramondre. Uh, Paris Johnson at tackle. Witherspoon at cornerback, Broderick Jones at tackle, and that's it for me. And then the rest is trade downs, whether it's Lucas Van Ness, Darnell Wright, uh, Christian Gonzalez. I, well, now that I've watched the tackles, I might have to swap Darnell Wright and Broderick Jones. I would probably drop Broderick Jones out of that group now. I don't think I would be happy with him at 14. Um, and then the two receivers and then – Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are guys that I would I would entertain in a trade down a little bit uh, if if they did that. So I would I would say uh, Witherspoon, um, one of the tackles, whether it's in and for me, I would put that as uh, uh, Broderick Jones or mm -hmm. Johnson. I love uh, the kid Skronsky from Northwestern. We just they're, they're kind of set at guard in, in in my mind. I know he could play tackle, but as far mm -hmm. as the pick there, um, then I would go uh, for me, I would go to uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I just think he could provide so much value to the offense. Um, and, and then Bijan Robinson, I, I was going to surprise you with that. And and you beat me to the punch. So I give you a ton of credit. He's a guy, if, if you're sitting in the stands next year uh, and you think you, you know, Patriots have to compete against a much better AFC East. He's a guy that's going to make this team better. I comped him to Ladanian Tomlinson. I don't say that lightly. I think he's, yep. he's the best running back prospect I've seen in some time. And he could be on the field at the same time as Ramondre. So uh, he's a guy that they get there and they're in a pinch. That is not a bad pick. And I, I am not poo-pooing that running backs in the NFL are, aren't what they used to be. I, 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 I agree with you. Subscribe to that. One, one, one final thing. It's been killing me since we moved off tight ends. Brenton Strange from Penn State. Mm. I love day three. Um, and as you talked about wrapped with the quarterbacks, I will give you this quick story. The best guy from an intangibles perspective is the guy that's probably going to go at the top, which is Bryce young. And I was taught, I, you know, that your readers know that I was at the Tennessee Alabama game. We, we pre previewed the game with Darnell Wright versus Anderson. And then, and then I was at the game uh, and covering it in person. And I, at the senior bowl, I spoke to Bryce, uh, excuse me, I spoke to Byron Young, who's a DN outside linebacker for Tennessee. And I said, who's the best player you played this year? And he said, Bryce Young, no, no doubt. He said that game, it was so crazy in there. It was so loud. We knew going into the game it was questionable if he was going to play with a shoulder injury. He ended up playing. And so we knew we were going to be hitting him all game long, even if we had to take our shots. And he's like, we were on top of him taking shots. He kept bouncing up and kept delivering throws. And he's like in the fourth quarter, it was so loud in that stadium that the feet, our feet were shaken because the ground underneath us was rattling because the stadium was so loud that Bryce Young's breaking, breaking the huddle, walking the line of scrimmage. We're yapping. I'm, I'm trying to look through his soul. 
and the guy just kept driving them down the field, delivering, uh, delivering uh, touchdown, field goal, touchdowns, et cetera, uh, and took Alabama back to the lead, to the lead, to the lead until Tennessee went down the field and, and uh, scored last because they had the ball last. And, and, and I think the point of what he said there is if that's not an NFL quarterback with ice in his veins, I don't know what is. And I thought that, that was yeah. such a great comment. If the kid was 6'3", this wouldn't even be a debate. Right. So there's a legitimate question there. Yep. I loved I love that story because there's so many of these. How are they going to how are they going to handle it in the moment? The things that you talked about that you can't really measure. And I think Bryce Young has all those things. Yeah, that's a great story and says a lot. And, you know, one thing about, you know, the Robinson, you know, look, Skaronsky, Paris Johnson and Devin Witherspoon could all be gone. And like if if Robinson and I, this could be where the Patriots find themselves. Robinson's the only guy with a you know a high grade, a high high enough grade at fourteen, and they pick them and they figure stuff out later. And yeah, you, you know you can get them in the pass game. You can have them on the field at the same time. You know I might want to sell high on Ramondre, uh, but you know that's something that can be done in time. Um, you know since he has two years left on his contract, he might have some appeal around the league. But you know Robinson, it could very well. If the Patriots can't trade out of there, Robinson's there. They're probably hoping somebody wants to come up for Robinson. But if they have to stick and pick it, I could definitely see them taking Robinson. I'm not going to rip it. I don't care if it's a running back. Um, you know, he's that good and gives you enough. You have to be dynamic in the pass game, and he is, to be a first-round running back. Sony Michelle was not. He should not have been a first-round running back. And But Bijan Robinson is that guy, and he, he would be worth the 14th overall pick in my mind. Uh, Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate Love this, that. buddy. Um, get back safe whenever you're coming back. And uh, everybody, make sure you check out FanDuel. You can go over, bet the NFL draft and all that. Make sure you check out FanDuel.com slash Boston. And uh, we're excited. Are you excited, Kevin? You excited I'm for the draft tomorrow night? I know these always go long. It's because we, we get going. I appreciate the uh, – they're fun to do. Uh, and appreciate all the, the BSJ members. And uh, go Pats. Yeah, and we'll probably try to get him uh, on, you know, one of these recap things. And and Kevin will be in the comments during the draft with me as we're live blogging it. And, you know, you won't see me commenting a lot on Twitter. You don't during games and on draft. That's because we have BSJ. And I saved my thought for the BSJ members. So if you want to know what Bedard thinks about something, join up over at BSJ and give us a subscription. Uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, see you when you get back and uh, probably talk tomorrow night. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening and enjoy the draft. And we will be back here with all the analysis you need.